Hi, everybody. I'm Nick Pupo. You might not know me yet, but I'm one of your hosts, along with Joe Chapowski. But I just wanted to say right up top that uh, rate this podcast five stars and review it and tell your friends. Do all the stuff that you're supposed to do for a podcast if you like it. And if you don't like it, tell your friends how much you don't like it because they'll probably... Well, don't do that, actually. But I hope you guys enjoy this episode of the show. Uh, it's our first one. And uh, that's it. I'm going to get out of here. Goodbye. The only horror movie podcast with Nick and Joe. <laughs> All right, we're recording. Tight. Uh, hello, everyone. Um, welcome to the first episode of the Untitled Horror Podcast. I'm Nick Pupo. I'm Joe Chapowski. This is going to be a podcast uh, about horror films, but I am a guy who doesn't know much about horror. Yeah, and I have been uh, watching them uh, like a maniac since I was at least in high school. So, I, you know, yeah, uh, I was pretty in, deep in high school. I didn't even like horror. Like I've been afraid of horror from my for most of my life. Well, you know, that's uh that's understandable cuz some of these movies are fucking terrifying and will, yeah. you know, they'll haunt your dreams for weeks Ever. weeks to years. Yeah, some yeah. there are some I've, you know, never they've scarred me for life, you know. You're like, right. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I uh, and I I'm weirdly looking forward to it cuz it was it was like after cuz I just got out of a relationship and I lived on my own for the first time in my life. So now I'm just like alone in this one bedroom apartment and it's great. But uh, I don't know why horror is the thing that I turn to, but it's like it's been the only thing that, you know, I'm interested in. Right. You know, that actually is a question that I had written down for you, because, you know, I'm really curious uh, as somebody who's a lifelong fan, why somebody who, you know, well into their, you know, like uh, early, early, early 30s, early 30s. Yeah. Yeah. why now? Why now and why horror movies? That's, right. that's question number one that I have for you. But yeah. Maybe before we get into that, should we uh, just give a quick little bit on our background? Yeah, ourselves? we can talk about our background and also kind of what this podcast is going to be. It's it's we I think what we're going to do is uh, Joe is going to tell me uh, a movie that I should watch and then I'll go watch that movie and then we'll talk about it on this podcast. And uh, if you haven't been able to see from the title, um, he had me watch a movie called Phantasm. So we'll get to that. Yeah. But yeah, Excited. we can talk about ourselves. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's let's go. Like, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> we know each other because we both started stand up comedy in Orlando, Florida. That's right. Yeah. Two thousand. Uh, I started in 2010. You started in what? 2012. 2012. So, yeah, I just hit 10 years in February. Yeah. Fucking crazy. Yeah, so that was uh, that was our life early on in the uh, in our twenties. Mm-hmm. Now we're out in L.A. and we've reunited along with a bunch of other Orlando comedians. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole gaggle of us out here. It's nice, you know. It's a good sense of community. Yeah. To have you know moving clear across the country. Yeah, it's great. It's weird. It is, but you know, in in a in the best possible way. Yeah. Uh, it's like it feels like a summer camp almost in a way. You know. Yeah, kind of. Except you, it's our you real. Have to, you have to work and shit. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, what better way to spend your adult life than, like, uh, doing fun shit, often soul-crushing fun shit, on a regular basis with your friends? It's great. Yeah. Yep. Uh, They're all here. It's it's bizarre. Yeah. Uh, aside from comedy, uh, Nick is also a working actor, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Most recently were, uh, appeared in, what, The Offer? Is the that The Offer on Paramount Plus, yeah. Yeah, as John Cazalo, you know, Fredo Corleone. Pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, it was a pretty cool role. Check out The Offer. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Joe is a musician, big metalhead. That's true. Yeah, you know I have uh, potentially three different bands that I'm about to be hopefully playing regularly in now. That's insane. Yeah. How do you even manage that? Well, you know, because they're all brand new and they just started, so you yeah. know, none of us are busy yet. Right. Uh, I have two projects on the verge of like we're just about ready to record and put out demos. Yeah. And that one is tentative still because I, you know, I agreed to join it, but I haven't had a chance to even check out the music yet. Right. 
Uh, I'll just be playing bass in that one. I play guitar and then do vocals and guitar in my own project. That's badass. Uh, How do you? Here's you, man. my my thing with bands was always like trying to keep people uh, on schedule and keep people together and all the emotions that go with that. You know, like that's what I loved about stand up was I just like got out of uh, music and I was like I don't have to deal with any of that shit. That's the beauty of stand up and one of the great things about it is that you know you're on your own. You don't have to really rely on other people too much. Right. But that's also the double edged sword where you're on your own and you don't have other people. You, yes. You know, it's a lonely road. You, you know, you live and die by your own material. Right. And, you know, if you um, go on the road with a band, it's like uh, it's like a little party. I mean, I know it gets yeah. old after a while, but like you're hanging out with your best friends. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Or possibly you. people you hate. depending yeah, you're, on your enemies. <laughs> sure. But yeah, I've got, you know, uh, the bandmates I have right now. I have one full band and uh, they're all friends that I've made through comedy and through, you know, just knowing people. Yeah. Uh, and they're all good, like solid, reliable guys and they don't like, they don't drink too much. They don't get fucked up. And like, I, I have a feeling, you know, it'll work out long term for that reason. Yeah, got, yeah. You know, pretty disparate musical tastes. Sure. Me and the drummer are kind of like, you know, we're into like hardcore and we're both metalheads and like, uh, a lot of punk and, you know, different stuff too. I love yeah. all kinds of music. Uh, and then, you know, the singer and, other guitarist in that band is more of like an indie rock folk kind of guy, a little sure. bit like post-punk. Yeah. A little kind of more like me. Yeah. Cause closer. that's where one thing where you and I kind of collide is musically. Yeah. yeah. We diverge a lot there. Yeah. We, yeah, <laughs> we, we used to have a, a big discussion in, uh, or almost a feud in uh, Orlando about how you thought the Ramones were better than the Beatles. That's true. And right. I still, I still fully believe that. Yeah. And I, I, I believe that you believe that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't yeah. think you let go of that. No, theory. no, I, I, I never will. You know, like, yeah, I could be proven wrong scientifically and I would still have the opinion that the Ramones sure. are better than the Beatles. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's it's uh, definitely an opinion, you know? Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, you, well, you like a lot of like, what, like folk and I like folk and, and I like sad women. Yeah. Like musician wise. I like Bridgers. I love Phoebe Bridgers, Julian Baker. Uh, saw her at Coachella yeah. a few weeks ago. She was great. Yeah. And she she's, rules. uh, I had to make sure I wasn't blocking her because she was standing behind me watching Billie Eilish. Oh man, I'd love to block her. Just I would I just love to be near her for a moment. It was cool. Know? It was cool to be standing in front of her. She's so cute. I like her uh BC Rich Warlock. It's a sweet ass death metal guitar. Oh sick. Okay. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know what that was. Uh that's yeah. what it is. <laughs> All right. Uh yeah, so I what I what I do like about what you know, our dynamic with this is uh is like I'm so not a metal guy and I'm so not a horror guy and you so are that guy, you know? Yeah. You know, that's two of the things I love the most in the world. And I think that's what, but you know, it's exciting that you got into horror movies. Cause I was like, uh, you know, we've been friends for a long time Yeah, and we haven't had that much in common outside of comedy and some, you know, there's other stuff that we both like, but yeah, you totally. know, it was always kind of like we were opposite ends of the spectrum when it came to a lot of the non-comedy related parts of the culture. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, and I there's one story the about Joe. I was dating this girl. I think I was like 21 or 20 cuz you told me to see Cannibal Holocaust. Oh, did I? I think you did. Oh, that was a mean thing to do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you I think it was you, but I I maybe it was my friend Keon, but somebody told me to go see it. And I always connect this movie with you because I think we at least talked about it one day. I've talked about it extensively and I've done like bits about it. Too. Right. Yes, uh, that's back right. At, uh, Tom and Jerry's. Yeah. Tom and Jerry's that shithole open mic. Dollar uh, yeah. 50 yinglings, though, which was the only saving grace. Incredible. Yeah. I remember I'll, I will say one small story about that place. We'll diverge again. Yeah. But the, the worst tackle of my life was at that was at that open mic. And it was uh, so subtle, but this guy was like just being an asshole in the back of the room. Just some dude who was just there, a patron, and he was with his girlfriend, or he would maybe he was with two girls, which would make it even worse for your ego. But like he was uh, just giving me shit, and I was like, "Can you just like stop heckling the comedians?" And then he's walking out as I'm like doing some more jokes, and he looks at me, he just shakes his head like that. He no. Looks at me, shakes his head as he's walking out. Uh, and I was like. Just- it was the most crushing thing I'd ever felt up to that point. In that is, that's brutal. It was that's brutal. Like, uh, the people who hung out there were brutal. Like yeah. that's, you know, like, yeah, yeah. like it was a shithole dive, part. like the yeah. most hardcore alcoholics mm-hmm. on that side of Orlando. Yeah. You know, uh, 
then occasionally you get a random like group of people who are just there for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, but back to the Holocaust thing, the, <laughs> the cannibal Holocaust in specific, I, I had never seen this movie. I think I was 19 or 20. So I don't think I had met you yet, but I went with my girlfriend at the time. Cause I was like, let's go check it out. And we watched it at the Enzion theater in Orlando, which was like an indie theater. I can't believe they showed that at the Enzion. <sighs> For Neither those of you I. who don't know Cannibal Holocaust, well, holy shit. Yeah, it's the most horrifying. Um, the, the whole It was a very controversial film because they murder animals in it. Yeah, and not like using special effects. Like they were in the Amazon shooting and they found actual live animals and killed them on camera. Yeah, the killed director, them in like long cuts without like editing anything. Yeah, the director, uh, Ruggiero Deodato, or I don't know if that, I can't tell which one is his first or last name. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's Deodato Ruggiero. But yeah, yeah, yeah. He forced the actors to like butcher these animals on yeah. camera yeah. and like just tortured them. They killed them like a muskrat and they killed like a tortoise. Yeah, the I mean, thing was... they called a muskrat was actually a kawatamundi or a, a kawadi, which is related to raccoons it's probably like a more intelligent animal so it's even oh yeah way worse than (laughs) killing a muskrat it's like killing a raccoon like damn it dude so i went and saw that movie with my girlfriend and she i was like god god this is gonna like fuck me up for i'll always remember this and she was just pissed like she was so mad at me and i felt like it was one of those things that just really damaged the relationship (laughs) yeah i mean that's a you know that's a terrible thing to put someone through if they you know aren't warned ahead of time that yeah. like it's still awful it's a terrible movie. i i i own a copy of the movie <laughs> watched it several times yeah. because uh you know uh it's just the most evil fucking hardcore movie right just about ever made i mean yeah, there's yeah. been some other stuff throughout the history of <laughs> film where it's just like they just let these directors become like just fucking maniacs. Yeah. But uh, that one in particular, and there's even similar movies. There's Cannibal Ferox, which was like came out around the same time, also Italian. Yeah. And, you know, both of those movies are just murder, mutilation, sexual violence, cannibalism, everything awful yeah. that, and that's not even the worst part about them because yeah. then they kill real live animals. And yeah. Both movies did that. Oh, no. I don't but, like that. But Ferox cuts away a little faster. Right. They don't drag it out as much. It's a weird thing to do because it's it's like uh, you're just killing animals to fuck people up, like to like fuck with people's heads. It's not yeah. like it's such a weird, sadistic way to think. It's like mm-hmm. it's not like like no one's making a movie about murdering animals being like, I think people are going to like this. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, you want to you wanted to hurt people. There's yeah. supposed to be some t- subtext about like. American consumerism and stuff, you know, like, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it's the blood is on your hands. Yeah. And you know, the director's defense was just like, well, you know, we were using the indigenous people down there as the cast Uh and they ate all those animals after we killed them. Yeah. So, you know, sure. And then how many, I wonder how much they benefited from the making of that movie, you know? Uh, yeah, you know, probably not a whole lot, but yeah. apparently they were great to work with. Like, yeah, said sure. they, they instinctively knew exactly what to do. Like yeah. the best actors. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, I mean, I believe that because they don't have the the fucking insecurities that everybody has, and they're right, not trying yeah. to make it as actors. They're just no, like, not at all. What's that? I just I just live my life while you point that thing at me. Yeah. yeah, they were like, oh, you want us to like pretend to chop up these white people? Well, we're happy to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, cool. Let's get into the movie yeah right so joe told me to watch phantasm the other day that was the movie that you said interesting pronunciation what 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 was that what was it <laughs> I've, I've only ever heard it pronounced phantasm what did i say oh i'm saying phantasm phantasm interesting like phantasm a... phantasm yeah phantasm it feels well i kind of like the way you're saying it though well, because Don't i say it. i see it as like uh like fantastic or sarcasm wait but huh phantasm phantasm it's a word. You it's know, a it's word. A, it's a word. But you know. uh, but yes, yeah, so that was the mo- first movie that you said that I sh- that I should watch, and I did. It's a 1979 flick. I believe that's right. Yeah, directed yeah. by Don Coscarelli. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's an interesting movie to start with uh, as a horror. Interesting in all kinds of ways. Yeah. Um, both the background of the movie and the movie itself. Uh, you know, it was an independent film uh, made on a very low budget. They shot on weekends because most of the cast and crew all still had day jobs. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 
Whoa. Okay. Well, that makes sense because the I will say this about the 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 quality of the film, right? So the quality of the film, acting is not good. The acting is some oh some people are okay, but like uh, the main character Joey, the older brother, not a good actor. Uh, Jody. Jody. Jo- Jody. Yes. Yes. yes I, that's right. I wrote wrote his name down wrong. Um, but Jody, yeah, Jody, not a good actor. The kid, I mean, he's a kid. I think he was pretty good. That's uh, Tom. I can't remember his name. Yeah, Michael is his name in the movie. Well, um, I have some questions for you about it, if that works. Yeah, please. Let's start with some questions. So you guys know I've seen, I have this one on DVD. I've seen it like, I don't know, 10, 15 times, something like that. That's incredible. Uh, Yeah. Shoot me with questions. Certain movies you can just watch over and over again. Well, yes. Yeah. You, for you. I mean, I, I, don't, I would maybe watch this movie again once. Just wait. One day you'll be in a mood and you're like, you know what? The only thing that can scratch this itch yeah. is Phantasm or possibly Phantasm 2, 3, 4, or 5. <laughs> uh, I, I only saw Phantasm 2 on the YouTube page. I had no idea they did five of them. Were yeah. they the same actors? or Mostly. Mostly yeah. the same actors. And I think Don Coscarelli directed maybe all but one of them jesus christ uh he also did bubba hotep and john dies at the end which uh, we'll probably get to if we keep doing this thing for long enough okay great um so let's see i have some general just questions for you we can maybe pepper those in sure uh but i have yeah just to get a little discussion going yeah yeah hit me what was your overall impression did you enjoy the movie did you like it yeah i, I okay so Let's talk about what the plot of this movie is, right? We can try. We can try to talk about what the plot yeah. of this movie is, right? So, uh, it's it's. By the way, this this will probably contain spoilers. So. This will contain spoilers, but it's 1979. You've had like 50 years. Or yeah, you know, it, it won't ruin watching the movie at all to hear anything about. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, what we'll do at the end is that we'll talk about another movie, and then you guys, if you enjoy this podcast, you can watch the movie and then watch uh, listen to the next episode after having watched it. It'll be great. It'll be like a. Uh, interacting with your audience or something. Yeah, it's cool. I've got all kinds of fun ideas for how we can expand this thing over time, but I think we're starting out right. Just <laughs> All right. Uh so let's talk about what the plot of this movie is, yeah. right? So it's it's um how would you describe it? So uh you know, your protagonist, you got a kid, Michael. Michael and his older brother Jody. Yeah. Uh they live alone somewhere in California, I think. Yeah. Uh Jody is Good friend Reggie is an ice cream man. They used to play in a band together. That's right. Which, by uh, the way, there's a scene in this movie where Reggie and Jody play guitar. Yeah. And I was watching it, and I was thinking, I I guarantee that this doesn't this doesn't add anything else to the movie. This doesn't come back, and it doesn't until the very end of the movie. And we'll talk about that. Well, you know, the backstory is they were in a band together, and, right? Uh, you know, Reggie also is a musician. You yeah. Can check him out. Uh, Oh, he is. Yeah, he's got a band. His current band is called, uh, I believe it's Reggie and the Jizz Whalen Dogies or something like that. Is his like real name that. Reggie? Yeah, his oh. real, yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, Reggie Bannister. Great. So Reggie, we'll, we'll get to Reggie. He's an ice cream man in this he's movie. He's mostly in the Phantasm movies and mostly in Don Coscarelli's stuff. But oh, man, this is great. He does have some other parts um, pretty much exclusively in horror movies. That's great. Oh, uh, he's such a great Vietnam character. Vietnam veteran, musician. Oh, yeah. Cool guy all yep. around. yep. Balding ponytail uh, sideburns. Yep. And he's had that since the 70s. I yeah. think he still might have it. Yeah, he's a dope guy. Uh, so, yeah. So, they're in this town, right? Jody's yep. uh, Jody and uh, Reggie's friend dies in the beginning yeah, of the movie. Their ex-bandmate dies. Right. He's he's murdered in a cemetery, but they don't know that. They think it was a suicide. Yeah. Right? And then there's all these suspicious things start happening in the town. There's like yeah. this weird, what, what, what my subtitles described as warbling hmm. from the, uh, the little goblin creatures, the... Oh, we don't know what it is. But yeah, there's there's some kind of creatures roaming around in the cemetery. Strange coincidence. They look very similar to the Jawas from Star Wars, very, which came out yes. like the ja- same. Was it, time. Is it Jawas? Yeah, I was I was saying Ewok. Ewoks are the ones from Return of the Jedi. That's the little bear type creatures. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The Jawas are from the first. Yes. Uh, episode 
four, New Hope, that okay, one. Perfect. Yes. The so, OG Star Wars. They're I was little, writing down Ewoks the whole movie, but it's Jawas. Yeah. The little hooded little sand guys with the hood who yeah. like, you know, they like resell yes. old droids and stuff. So they look like uh Jawas with a couple extra feet at yeah. their height. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They call them uh they think they're referred to as dwarves and also as some other names that I won't you know, oh yeah, they the say, less politically correct name for dwarves. Oh yeah, they and little say some people. great stuff in this movie. Uh, you know, it was the '70s, man. It was different. <laughs> yeah, a different time. It was a very different time. So st- creepy stuff starts happening in the movie. Um, at specifically at their friend's uh, funeral. At I forget his name. But yeah. yeah, it was. Uh, I think I wrote it down, Andy or something or something. But it doesn't yeah. matter. He's dead. A white guy name. Uh, yeah, very white. And then there's this. There's this. Uh, I don't know, like a coroner, right? Who this 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 creepy ass? Yeah, he's like the guy. Yeah, the maybe not coroner. He's like the guy who the runs head of the, the funeral, funeral home. home. Yeah. What is that? Uh, funeral director, mortician, mortician, something yeah. like that. So he's a he's a a like a he's a huge man, mm-hmm. super creepy, pale white, and he's over the top creepy. Yeah, and his name is uh, it's the tall man. The tall man. I called yeah. him creepy guy throughout the whole movie, but he. Uh, Played a, by uh, Angus Scrim, who, bringing it back, won a Grammy for writing liner notes for the Beatles. <laughs> this is crazy, dude. For writing Beatles liner notes. <laughs> Hold on. The, are the liner notes the things that go in the album? Like, yeah. In the cover? The Yeah. You can win a Grammy for that? Apparently, he has one. That's incredible. Uh, yeah, I met him, actually, at a convention. I met him and uh, Mike. Oh, the younger brother. That's what that's what's gonna make this podcast so great is your fucking weird history with all this shit. Oh man, it goes deep. It runs real deep. <laughs> you that's know, so uh, funny. I have such sights to show you. There's this moment where uh, Jody is kind of roaming around the funeral home. He's looking around and it's yeah, a little bit he's walking around like uh, the inside of the yeah yeah. He's looking around and then the tall man comes over. It's all white and just like white marble. White marble floor yeah. to ceiling. Right. And uh, and Jody's a cool guy, by the way. You know, he, he's wearing a suit for the funeral, but normally he's a leather jacket kind of guy. He's a rock and roller. He drives a 72 uh, Challenger. That's I right. Think, RT. Used to be in a fucking band. So the tall man comes up behind him, puts his hand on his shoulder and he says, the funeral is about to begin in this like over the top creepy way to the point where you be, like that. Like, I feel like as a main character in real life, you be like, there's something whatever's going on. This guy is causing it. You know? Oh yeah, and then uh, they're loading the funeral right. They're they're loading the coffin into the um, hearse, mm-hmm. and then he just like picks it up because it's supposed to be like a you know four hundred pound thing. It's this yeah. huge thing. He picks it up like it's nothing, and then just tosses it into the hearse haphazardly. Yeah, yeah the hundreds of pounds coffin. Yeah, he just throws it in there like right. it weighs nothing. Yeah. Uh, let's see. There was a couple things, a couple things there I wanted to to discuss further. Uh, in this in this part of the film, yeah, what we just talked about. I think it, it was all about Angus Scrim. So the actor yeah, who yeah, plays yeah. the tall man, Angus Scrim, yeah. which is a fucking wonderful, incredible name. name. Uh, you know, he studied classic horror movies to prepare for this. Like he studied like the classic like uh, Universal, like old the old Gothic horror movies, like Bella. You know, he studied Dracula, and yeah. Frankenstein, the Wolfman, all that stuff. And a lot of other ones. He was like a real, like he was really committed to be, you know, bringing that type of classical horror character to the screen. Oh, that's great. You know. Yeah, that makes sense because it feels very classical. Yeah. It feels like something from like the 40s. Right. Which is pretty cool because the movie itself, especially for 1979, would have been pretty like, it deals with like other dimensions and like all kinds of like kind of freaky sci-fi type stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's, I guess you would, uh, I would classify phantasm as like supernatural cosmic horror, I think is sure. the genre, you know? Okay. That makes sense. Um, cause yeah, like I said, it deals with alternate dimensions and you know, it doesn't, uh, it adheres to more of a dream logic than to like, uh, a real world yeah. logic. Cause you know, like. There's so many twists and turns where you're like, what reality are, are we in now with this movie? Yeah, right. Because there's moments like there's like what follows these scenes, right? It's like uh, um, the Michael is is in bed mm-hmm. at home and he's having this nightmare. Yeah. And his nightmare, right, is that he's like in the cemetery and then all these like zombies come out of the ground and pull him under. 
is or that grab what, onto him. Is that when he's riding the dirt bike or is that later? The dirt bike is is during the scene at the funeral, right? Okay. So he's riding yeah. around in the funeral. And he's like, what, 12 probably? I'd say he's about 12, yeah. Yeah. Jody's probably like 20, early 20s. Yeah, 25 or something like that. Yeah. But uh, but there's like all these creepy things. That's one of the things is that Michael's having these weird nightmares. And you're like, at a mo- for a moment, you're like, is this really happening? Because you don't know. You don't know what this movie is yet. Yeah. You know? So it's always kind of... One thing about about this is it's they're kind of playing with what the reality is and what it isn't. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, so that's like basically the plot. That's kind of the first act that kicks it off and gets it going. Question that I just popped into my mind, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, how scary? How scary? Yeah. <sighs> Man, it's tough cuz I think it, I would probably go around to maybe a 6. Really? Yeah. That's a pretty good score for a, you know, movie from that era. Yeah. I was going to say five, but I felt like that was, I don't know. I wanted to give it an extra point because I feel like I would have been more scared of it uh, as, as a watching younger, it, you know, the seventies or eighties, seventies or eighties or as a younger kid even. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, the effects they were done, I think they were borderline homemade most of them. And you yeah, know, so like very practical, they're yeah. pretty dated practical effects, but for me, that always adds to the charm of a movie. And I yeah. still think they, for me, they almost always look more realistic than CGI yeah. stuff for horror movies specifically. Right. It but works I, better with other genres, I think. I should I, I should retract that and I should go five or four. I should, because it, it didn't scare me. You know? Yeah. But I, um, but there were, were yeah, there were, like the whole time I was like, yeah, if I, if this was like, if I was watching this 40 years ago, I would have been pretty scared yeah we'll, we'll get to those you know nines and tens yeah uh but i figured you know i'd start you off with something yeah. more, a little more middle of the yeah. road yeah yeah i did think though when this movie started just from the production company coming up called bad robot i was like oh this is gonna be scary i was just like prepared you know yeah uh but yeah, yeah. No. in its day it was considered a pretty scary movie and like yeah. if you watch it you know probably under the right circumstances say at like cinespia or something where they show movies in the hollywood forever cemetery right it makes movies way scarier. So after the funeral, right, Mike, Michael goes to this creepy grandma's house who's like a uh, psychic. Yeah, right? crystal ball and everything. Crystal ball and everything. A, a girl, like a neighborhood friend of his grandma. Right, and she's like this cute blonde girl, and he comes into the house, and she talks to him about like what's on his mind, and he thinks that you know he heard overheard his brother saying that he's going to leave. He's going to leave town. Right. And... um and so then he tells the grandma this whole story about what happened at the funeral. Like, um, and that's when I think we see like the dirt bike stuff happen, you know? Yeah. Um, which is just him riding around on the dirt bike, but then he hears these sounds and then his, yeah, he's riding a dirt bike through the cemetery. Right. Like, like you'd like you do. Yeah. You know, pretty, like pretty nineties scene yeah. really. Yeah. You know, like a, like, like a respectable uh, yeah. 12 year old. Yeah. You know, like I think he jumps it maybe at one point, I don't yeah. know, but eventually, yeah, he, like something unseen causes him to crash. It's the number one thing that you don't, want to do in a cemetery right it's yeah. the most disrespectful thing you yeah do. you're not supposed to do that it's rude but <laughs> that's kind of, it's pretty metal it's yeah pretty metal. right yeah it's pretty metal um michael's talking to the grandma and she hasn't put his hand in this box right i'm jumping yeah. around a little bit the grandma doesn't speak by the she way doesn't speak at all but he puts his hand in this box and the, the box like grabs his hand yeah he's like stuck in this fucking box trying to pull his hand out right no explanation for what no idea what it is yeah and then he says it hurts. And then she says something about like, um, it's the fear that's, that's making this happen. It's like your fear that's keeping your hand or making it hurt or something like that. Yeah. And so then he finally gets it out and then the box disappears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what this, this movie is just like, uh, kind of anything can happen. Anything can happen. You know, nothing's out of the realm of reality. And, and that's so- never described. It's never, they never talk about it. The no. box just disappears. And then he leaves, and then the grandma and the young girl laugh together. Yeah, they turn to each other and laugh, like, <laughs> which, uh, you know, just adds that extra bit of creepy. And, like, this is one of those movies that leaves you with more questions than answers. Right, right. Uh, and, it, you know, this gets carried on for a whole series. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen some of the sequels recently. They don't quite add up, but they were made like into the 90s and 2000s. Oh so like, God, you know, dude. you see like all like uh, Jody and Reggie and Mike all like as adult, like, you know, Mike as like a full grown adult. And like that's wow. got much older guys. And maybe we maybe at some point we can, you know, go through the whole series throughout this pod, you know? Yeah. 
I uh, think so. spread them out a bit. But so we're introduced to Reggie at this point, right? Yep. Reggie is the guy we've we've mentioned drives the ice cream truck, the rock and roll ice the cream rock man. and roll ice cream man. And Very he's got a cool. cool ice cream truck. It's like an open like old school box truck thing. Yeah, and what is he towing it on something or is it? No, it's, it's just, a full truck. It's just like a truck with a cool, like an open truck with a cooler kind of thing. Yeah. Like an old timey truck. He's just like this guy who before driving ice cream trucks was very creepy mm-hmm. as a man, especially of his, uh, you know, appearance. I mean, they all look like that, don't they? I guess so. Yeah. You ever seen a handsome ice cream man? No, that would be more ominous. I think that would be like some serial killer shit. Yeah, if we get real deep, we can watch The Ice Cream Man with Clint Howard. Is he attractive? You don't know Clint Howard? No, I don't. Ron Howard's brother? Oh, uh, you've seen him. Okay, he plays yeah. like... Uh, <laughs> I'm bad with names. Certain Adam Sandler movie, like uh, in... Uh, oh, yes. Yes, he's just like I know exactly who you're talking about. The ugly hillbilly yes. guy. Yes, I forgot yeah. Clint Howard. Yeah, I forgot his brother was an actor. I found out he was in a band, too. Clint Howard and the something Killers or something. Like some, yeah, that's crazy. Like yeah, some like raw like you know seventy style punk band. Yeah, he's great. He's like one of the best character actors. But uh, uh, okay, so then there's the dueling guitar scene with Joey and Reggie. Jody and Reggie, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he says, uh, <laughs> "Yeah, they just play a little." They just kind play, of like, and I said, "Will this pay off?" And thinking, "No, it won't." After they play, uh, 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 Jody says, "We're hot as love." Did he say that? <laughs> yeah. I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah I wrote that. it down. It's There's right so there. many li- like so many just quotable lines of dialogue in this movie. Uh, <laughs> I think the significance of the the guitar, the music scene, where they play that little uh, like it's like a half a song kind right. of. Uh, there's a tuning fork. Yes, and the tuning, tuning fork. forks yeah, are I wrote big. That, down. that becomes a bigger part of the, right because they the movie. do a close up on it. And if you're if you've watched enough movies, you know when they do a close up like like something like that with no explanation, you're like that's coming back. Yeah, kind of a Chekhov's rifle. Chekhov's, Chekhov's tuning gun. fork, yeah. yeah. Then we see the girl in the white dress again, right? And I think that's the, the, the girl from the grandma's house. Yes. And she gets murdered. Yeah. She You just hear her scream. She's at the funeral home. Oh. She opens a door, and then she screams, and we cut. And she's just gone. She's just gone. It's the last time you see her. You don't see her. We don't ever see her again. She's just gone. But she disappears. And I think what they were trying to say in the movie is like, something's going on. Something's going on here. It's a very male-centric movie. You know, women don't really... They're kind of always... They're all background characters in this movie. And if they play a big part, they're fucking hot, and that's it. Yeah. I mean, they're hot blondes. They're given no good dialogue at all. Yeah. No story. No. (laughs) And they're... The later Phantasm movies, they're much more diverse and and much more... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's women. Yeah. (laughs) There's there's people who aren't white. Hey, times change, you know? Yeah, but it's nice to see a director evolve or, you know, kind of evolve. Yeah, he learned. Good for him. So Joey is at the cantina. This is fucking great. I love this. So he picks up a woman. Jody. We'll get it. Jody. Yeah, because I I wrote down Joey until like halfway through the movie. I was like, oh, "Oh, it's Jody. So Jody is at the cantina um, and his brother, he just leaves his brother outside. So Michael's there. He's just outside staring through the window. And this is just like a little like roadside like bar out kind of in the desert, like yeah. on the outskirts of town. Right. So Jody goes into the cantina, picks up a woman in record time. Like he goes in, he kind of says something to the girl and then they just leave. Yeah. Right. It's like my, uh, my favorite horror host, Joe Bob Briggs was just talking about this. He's like, anytime you meet a woman that's like way too over eager, like yeah. that's a demon. That's a sucky. Oh. She's going to murder you. Yeah, for sure. But I also just wonder like, what the fuck he said? I mean, this I'm, was before, you know, yeah. He just walked in and he was like, hey, you want to get out of here and go fucking a cemetery or something? Like, what did he, what did he say? Yeah. That's all he had to that's say. That's a good question. We, you know, that's a, <laughs> you have to write your own dialogue for that one. Yeah. So then uh, they go out into the cemetery. Then they go, they go kind of start fucking in the cemetery. Yeah. They're going to bang on a grave. Yeah. As and, you, you know, and this is something we didn't mention in the beginning of the, this is before AIDS, before AIDS, way before so AIDS, not way before AIDS. AIDS was coming. Like it was like a year or two. Away. It was on the horizon. So, uh, then I wrote down tits. We, we see tits again. It yep. opens on tits. I forgot to mention that. Oh yeah. Yeah. The movie opens on just bare tits close up, like mm-hmm. ultra close up. Same woman stabbing, uh, Jody and Reggie's old bandmate. That's right. Oh, yep. he was in the band too. Yeah, that's that was a, there was their old bandmate was was killed and they thought you know he did it himself but that makes it even more tragic. Yeah, but nope, that was not. Uh, so 
so Michael is sitting in the back in the bushes now and he's watching his brother start to have sex with this woman, which is not okay. It's not good. Shouldn't do that. Uh, No, but you know, he's learning. Jody didn't know he was there. Jody probably didn't know exactly what was about to happen. Michael doesn't understand sex yet. Michael's in the bushes. Here's a warbling. Then a goblin, the little fucking uh, Jawa starts chasing Mike. Michael runs through the cemetery screaming. And yeah. Jody, and then Jody's like, "Oh, fucking cock block!" Yeah, my oh, my little brother's here. Yeah, he said. Uh, he he looks at his brother and he says, "I think he's got some kind of problem." <laughs> yeah, and, and then Jody goes uh, chasing after him, and he tells uh, he tells Michael, "You know, it's probably just a gopher." Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a gopher. That's because oh, he said a gopher in heat, so a gopher that was horny. Well, yeah, everybody was horny in you know 1979. Yeah. So then the next morning, Joey goes back to the can. Jody goes yep. back to the cantina yeah, in search of the woman, I guess. Right. And he, he talks to the bartender. He talks right? to the bartender. And they have this weird little small scene where he goes, hey, you see a lady around? Uh, she come back? And he was like, no. And then that was it. By the way, this is the same girl who stabbed his friend. Right. That's right. At the beginning of the movie. That's right. Now we're back. Michael's working on the car in the garage. Little Mikey, 12-year-old Mikey. And then here's the warbling. And he's again. working on the, by the way, I made a terrible mistake. It's a 72 Hemicuda. That's what it is. 70, 72 Hemicuda. Yeah. Okay. A Barracuda, yeah. Now all you little car freaks uh, won't get upset. I mean, it's one of like the most iconic muscle cars of all time. You right. won't get that one right. It's, it's Absolutely. A, it's a Hemicuda. Absolutely. It's a kick-ass car. I don't want to upset anybody who likes cars. Uh, so then uh, here's warbling. Then the car falls on Mike. Yeah. But Jody is there just in time to save him. Yeah. Like the Jack falls out. Right. Right. And then I know it's not politically correct, but I do love that they said this. So Jody says to Michael, you know, it probably wasn't some goblin or whatever. It's probably just the retarded kid down the street. And so then we cut right after yep. that, just <laughs> a hard cut uh, after he says that line, which was considered, you know, not totally, nice, but fine to totally say up normal. until, you know, in the last 10 years that became like a don't actually, yeah, I mean, I think it, that word has been a weird one because it's come and gone, I think, a few times. Yeah. Uh, and our friend Monique has a bit about it, how it's coming back again. Um, yeah, she's quali- you know, she's qualified to do that. She's bit. qualified to do that. So then, let's see here. Mike takes a knife to the cemetery, and he breaks into this this uh, the funeral home. And now the he's looking around. He's just trying to find some evidence. This is a little 12-year-old Mikey. And the, now there's a new creepy guy with a fedora who enters. The little Harriet the spy. Yeah. Built with a knife. That's right. Yes, that's exactly right. And so now there's this creepy fedora guy walking around. Michael hides in a coffin. He's like the maintenance guy, I think, at the, the funeral home right. or something. Quote, unquote, maintenance guy. Yeah. Right? But then enter the tall man, and he tells the guy, hey, hey, just come with me. What are you doing? So crisis averted for Mike. Then Mikey follows them because he really wants to figure out what's going on. Then he's chased by this weird flying ball. Yeah, it's a silver orb. Like yeah. It's a silver flying ball. So this is a silver flying ball. Another thing that is not described, there is no exposition that describes what this thing is. Nope. But it is flying around at bullet speed yeah. through the funeral home, and it's chasing Mike. It's a silver ball, like a you would decorate a Christmas tree with, but then knives come out of it. Knives come out of it. Yeah, yeah that's right. It's like these gnarly-looking knives like it's come a, out of the front it's of it. Very, it's a very... It's a spooky thing, but it, you have no idea what the fuck it is, and it's never explained. Way over the top for home security. Absolutely. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, still, I'm way ahead of their time. So Mikey's grabbed by, grabbed by the fedora guy, and then the the flying ball hits the guy with the fedora. Yeah, he he ducks or something. Yeah, Mikey ducks. The flying ball hits the, fly, the fedora guy in the face. Right in the forehead. Shoots the knives into his brain. Fucking blood shoots. Yeah, well, so the knives lodge into his skull. <laughs> And if that's not bad enough, then a drill bit comes out of the middle of the two knives. That's and right. Drills a hole into his head. It drills slowly into his skull, and blood squirts out the back end. That's right. Like it has like a blood, and then it, yeah, it shoots it out like a hose. Yeah. So all his blood is entering from his brain, and then uh, that's where the movie gets like you know that's where it becomes like a gore classic. Yeah, like a, that's a, when it really a picks special up. Special effects like yeah, and so then there's a the creepy guy chases Mike out of the door. Um, then he runs into another room, closes the door on the, the tall guy's hands. Yep. And then his hand is there. And then Mikey chops the guy's hand off his fingers mm-hmm. and he's got all this yellow blood. Yeah. So there's a bunch of yellow blood. Yellow, like bright yellow. Not sure why. It's like custard or something. Yeah. It's, it kind of looks delicious. 
Yeah. So then he goes back to to Mikey and he says, "Hey, Mike," or he goes back to Jody. He says, "Jody, uh, I got this thing in my this box. I took this thing and then." Jody opens it and looks and it's a finger that's covered in yellow blood and it's moving around. Yeah. And that's all that Jody needs, by the way, to fully believe Michael. I mean, you know, it's not nothing. It's not nothing. But it's like I would I would be like, how'd you do this? Did you go pick this up at some novelty store or something? Yeah, like, like a magic it? shop. Yeah, or it's something? like a little puppet. You know, he doesn't question it one bit. He's just like, okay. I well, you know, he already had seen some weird, unexplainable shit. Stuff and has been questions of his own. Stuff has been happening. Yeah, and he's been rationalizing all of it with gophers. And, That's right. Uh, you know, and <laughs> yeah, gophers and mentally handicapped children. Right. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I should give him more credit. So then they say, let's go to the sheriff's office. But then wait, the finger suddenly turns into a little gremlin. It's a fly. That could fly. It's well, like a it's, little it's a, gremlin, gremlin fly. It's a huge, like, evil house fly, yeah. I believe. Right. It's massive. But to me, I just, I clocked it as some kind of, more of a flying creature than a fly, because I think it had red eyes. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's not like a normal house fly. It's like some kind of evil, like, uh, yeah. monster version of a giant fly, basically, I think is what it is. Right. And so... So that thing's flying around, and then they're like, throw it in the garbage disposal. Then they go to the garbage disposal. They put it down the garbage disposal, or they, they try. But it then, gets on, like, it doesn't get on the back of Mike's head. Yeah, it does go on but, the back of Mike's head. But that's a great, the, that scene is just like, uh, they really, the actors really had to commit to being attacked by this little, like, yes. creature puppet that yeah. they made. Now oh, that's acting, man. You know, that movie and Reanimator have, I think, the two best scenes of, uh, like getting attacked by a, uh, <laughs> well, we'll get to that one eventually. Yeah. Uh, so Reggie enters, right? Reggie's here. And another line of dialogue that I love by Reggie is, uh, man, it's going to be, he says something about it being good, like a good summer. He's like, ice cream's going to be flying fast and furious. <laughs> uh, <laughs> very Reggie so line. Good. So then Jody, uh, that night leaves to go to the funeral home, right? He needs to see what's going on. Yeah, so he's going to investigate now. Right. So he leaves Mikey behind with a shotgun. And he's yeah. like, you stay here. You're 12. Take the shotgun. Enjoy yourself. Uh, so Jody goes in, and there's immediately a Jawa attack. Right? Yep. Jody shoots it four times, and he runs off. Then there's a car that follows him, though. Right? So we yeah. don't know what this car is. It's a hearse. It's a hearse. So we think it's probably tall man. Right? Yeah. Jody... Fires another shot at the car, but it doesn't stop. But then there's a car. It stops right at Joey, and he points his gun at it, and he says, who's in there? Get out. Turns out it's a different car, and it's Mike, right? Yeah. Little Mikey, 12 years old, driving this. Uh, Pulls up in Jody's Hemikuda, right? Hemikuda. That's right. And so then now there's a big car chase between the hearse and their car. Jody gets goes out of the window, fires a shotgun, pretty badass, kind of like Rambo style. Yeah, shooting at the hearse, and then well, he just his twelve year old brother is driving, drives the car. So then Jody fires a shotgun, right, and then he destroys the hearse. Then they yeah. approach the vehicle; it like flips and explodes, explodes, right? massive yeah. explosion. And then they approach it. This movie has everything, every single thing, and th there was a Jawa driving. There's a little Jawa yep. driving. One of the one of the one of their uh, you know dwarven. Uh, That's right, guys. And so now they finally have a chance to. Uh, unmask one of these dwarfs. Yep. And they take it off. It's Tommy's face. The dead Tommy. friend. That's the dead friend from the beginning. Dead that friend. was his name. His Tommy. name's Tommy. Tommy. And he's dead. And that's his face. And now there's a lot more questions. Yeah. There's a lot more questions that come up. So Jody gets Reggie to bring his truck to load a dead body into yep. the ice cream truck where kids eat. But yeah, but, but, but Reggie know. does protest. I mean, you know, better to keep it refrigerated. Absolutely. he's That's absolutely true. But Reggie does protest. He says, this guy's not going to leak all over my ice cream, is he? Which is a fair question. And Reggie, you know, he's he's an ice cream professional. Yeah. Um, he takes his job very seriously. Yeah. Something that actually got cut from the movie. There's a scene where uh, the tall man is just in town and Mike just sees him walking by earlier. That's right. And like there's like, oh. like a cloud of smoke. No, that wasn't cut. Is it cut from a certain version? It was cut from the longer shot had Reggie's ice cream shop in the background. His shop? Yeah, so oh. he has an ice cream store, but it didn't make the final cut of the movie. Interesting, interesting. Okay, so he has a whole business. Yeah, he's yeah. an ice cream entrepreneur. Okay, yeah, he's uh, he's doing all right for himself. He's He lost the band, but he's he's a, he's a small business owner. But clearly hasn't given up on music. No, no, he's still brilliant. Okay, this is my favorite part of the movie. You ready? Yeah. Okay, so my favorite part of the movie, they go back to the house. To, yeah. to Michael and Jody's house. And then they enter before Reggie. 
And then okay. Reggie is like, all right, time to go into the house. And then there's like this creepy scene of Reggie walking down the hallway of their house. And he's like, guys, hello? And it's like, oh, no, what's going to happen to Reggie? Because that's the thing with this movie is you're like, yeah. Reggie's going to die. You're like always on edge for Reggie. Yeah. You're always worried about him because it's always hinting that something might happen to Reggie. He's one of those guys that just becomes so likable over time, too. Yeah. Like, the more you see the movie and you more see him in other stuff. Yeah. He's just like, oh, man, love me some Reggie Bannister. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and his name's Re- Reggie's just a great name. So he's walking through down the hall, creepy, and then boo, right? There's a person who jumps out, and it's Myrtle. M- Myrtle, yeah, and who remind me right. who Myrtle is. No, 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 that's the thing. No one knows who Myrtle is. Okay. (laughs) So no one knows who Myrtle is. But Myrtle, she's a black maid, maybe? That's right. Yeah, she's She's like like a a housekeeper. Housekeeper. But it's nighttime, and I guess she stays there. But you never see her before this. Yeah. And she pops out of this room, and she says, You boys home yet? And it's like, well, yeah. Of course they're home. It's like there's been two guys that have entered, and there's another guy saying, Hello? The reason this is my favorite is that she says, You boys home yet? And they don't explain who she is at all. They just said, oh, Myrtle. He says, like, her name. She doesn't come back in the entire movie. Nope. nope. You don't see her once again. There's a lot of that in this movie. A lot of just, like, people who are just there, and then they're just not. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's it's actually beautiful. There's Because that's the thing. is like, in movies, like, if you've read, like, screenwriting books, you know, which I have for no reason, but, like. I you, went to film school. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of course. But, like, a lot of the times they're like, don't put, like, everything that you, you're, every frame of the movie should have a reason for being in the movie. Yeah. And that this does not follow those rules. Well, and you know, when in screenwriting books, they want it to have a reason that ties into the plot. Right. But if you're going to show something, it should come back. There in should a be movie a- like Phantasm or a lot of horror movies, there's things that appear for reasons of, you know, we want to put this scene in the movie. We want, or, you know, for, for reasons outside of just like, this will contribute to, you know, Something. resolving and tying up the plot it's right. kind of the opposite of like a, a knives out or something right which i haven't seen so i don't get that reference well you know it's a it's a whodunit right sure you know where you i know, did see after party which everything is also a whodunit. everything has to have an explanation sure right exactly phantasm cosmic horror nothing has an explanation it's, and when you think it's explained it gets turned on its head yeah you know so here's reggie's suggestion when they're all sitting around having a discussion about this he says why don't we just find the creepy guy and stomp his face in, which is yeah. a very simple, straightforward, but probably the best idea anyone's had yet. You gotta, you gotta snag that tall. Let's just find this man and murder. Stop him. the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that 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 actually is my favorite line of the movie because I heard it before I ever saw Phantasm. Because Municipal Waste used this part of this scene as an like to open a song in one of their first I think is either their first album or one of their first like EPs. Right. Uh but yeah, it's the That's scene great. where like, you know, Reggie's like, I see it. I see it all now. That's what per- we yeah. gotta do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah, gotta this, grab this that tall bulb. dude. <laughs> Stop <laughs> the shit out of him. <laughs> we'll this figure l- out what's going on around here. A light bulb goes off and that's yeah. his brilliant thought is we have to it go stop the shit and him. drive it right through his goddamn heart. And yeah. then and, and my favorite line, though, is Mike's because Mike says, you got to be shitting me, man. That mother's strong. <laughs> I missed that one. I, w- I must have been oh. writing down this other line. But this is when I first wrote down that that mother is strong. This is when I first wrote down that that Reggie is, is definitely going to die because I just had this feeling, you know, I'm like, he's dead. So for sure, if Jody, you've seen any horror movie, the, the character Reggie is a supporting character, yep. which is not good odds. It's not good, not a good person to be in a horror movie. So Jody demands Mike is taken to the antique store, right? Which we yeah. don't know what that is. We don't know what antique store he's talking about, but that's where he thinks Mikey will be most safe. And this um, is, they know the girls who run it or they something, know the right? two girls who turn out to be two very attractive, hot, blonde ladies. But. Mikey does find an antique in the old uh, antique shop. Finds an antique photo, right? Right. Old Finds black an and white. Old black, black and white photo, and it's of the tall man. So yep. we get this idea of like, driving like a like a horse and buggy, like funeral cart. Yes. To to imply that this guy's been around for possibly hundreds of years. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know when photographs were invented. Sometime in the 1800s, right? Yeah. Sometime in the 1800s. It's like an old like 
not quite a daguerreotype, but like right. early, early photograph. Yeah. So maybe a hundred year old photo, something like that. Horse and cart, you know, yep. like that era. Absolutely. You guys get it. So Mikey, after he finds that antique photo, he goes to the two hot blondes and he says, I need you to take me home right now. Cause he just knows something's going to go wrong. So the girls just agree after they were just told like, please keep my brother safe. They're like, sure. Whatever. The women in this movie are all very agreeable. Yep. Reggie drives home. This is a, this is a moment where I'm a little worried for Reggie. Yeah. Reggie's driving home. There's a noise in the back, right? So he's got that little ghoul in the back of his truck. Right. While he's driving after we cut from there, then we see Jody has another, has a nightmare that was similar to Mike's in the beginning of the movie. These zombies grabbing onto him. Yeah. Um, and then we're back at hot blondes driving Mike home. Right. Um, and they see there's an overturned ice cream truck. Is Reggie dead? We don't know. Yeah. But we assume. We're pretty worried, though. Yeah. Not looking good for Reggie. So the hot blondes let Mikey go check out the wreckage, which I love because he's a child. Maybe yeah, he's 12. And they're like, oh, there's an overturned car. You can get out and go look and see what happened. Yeah. Uh, no Reggie, though. There's no Reggie. But I think he's dead. Um, Mikey goes back in the car. But then there's another a little Jawa. Jawa comes in. We got, I think, with three Jawas. Yeah. Jump into the car and attack all three of them. Yeah. They're getting attacked by these things, like trying to pull them out of the car. Or yeah. Trying, trying to get in. I don't know. Try, they're, they're in the car. They get into the car. Okay, and then I the think car. they're trying. And then. Um, yeah. They're in the car and they're like, like attacking and strangling and like just. Yeah. It's a real, it's a real, it's a, it's getting close to a bloodbath. Pretty intense scene from what I remember. Yeah. And so then uh, Michael jumps out of the back of the car because the back of the windshield gets broken open. Then the girls drive off and he gets flown out the back so he's now stranded yeah they just fucking they're out of there but then mikey makes it home which i love another thing about this movie is i don't know what distance is he's a resourceful kid like you know he's like all the goonies rolled into one right so mikey returns home and tells jody that everybody's dead he's upset yeah he's upset the girls are gone and then joe um, jody responds with we better get you up to your room so he takes Jody, yeah. he takes Michael up to his room and locks him in his room. Uh, I don't know about that reaction. It doesn't really make sense to me, but he wants to keep his brother safe is the, is the point. Yeah, you know, if it sort of makes sense in Phantasm, that's, sure. that was good enough. Yeah, but then because he's a resourceful kid and he's all the, the goonies combined, he, he finds a shotgun shell in his room and yep. then he attaches it to a hammer. Yep. And then he blows the lock off his door by slamming it into the lock. Mike is a badass kid. Like, he, yeah. you know, he just fucking... He's like MacGyver. I mean, that was like... I mean, you know, you have to be if you're like, you know, you lose your parents at a young age and you just got like your one older brother. Like, Yeah, and that's the thing is you create justifications for this kid. I, I had no justifications, you know? But it, I, that's the thing. That's what, something that could have gone in the movie, but... That's what, you know, like 10 repeated viewings, you'll start to... Right. You just start to write your own backstories. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, their parents are dead. Their parents are at Morningside. That's, right. That's another thing. That's a thing we, we didn't mention. mention. Yeah. Sorry. We should have said that their parents are dead and their parents are at Morningside. So their parents are probably also those Jawas or whatever. Yeah. It's all very sad. So Jody gets to the cemetery. Then we cut back to Michael. He's at the house. Right. And then the tall man shows up to the house and he says, I've been waiting for you. He grabs Mikey, throws him into his hearse. Yeah. Um, it's it's really it's an unfortunate and quite scary situation. Um, but then Mikey has a handgun in his pocket. Yeah. Right. Cause that's one thing he grabbed on his way out. He was like, I'm going to grab oh, this yeah. gun. I'm going to run out the door. But then he runs into this tall guy, tall guy throws him in the car and, uh, yeah. And it's like a Colt 45 or something. Yeah. It's, it's like, like a badass gun. And so Mikey's in the car in the hearse and then he shoots out the, uh, back window. Yeah. And then he shoots out through the floorboards, the, the back tire. Yeah. And then he jumps out of the fucking car. Yep. And then a lot of action in this one. Not all horror movies have a lot of action, but, but a this lot one of does really cool practical stuff. Yeah. So then the some hearse, like some serious stunts, right? Which by the way, this hearse, we're back with the hearse. The hearse exploded. Yeah. But now it comes back. He jumps out of the window. The hearse swerves, hits a pole, explodes bigger than the last one. Yeah. Right. So, um, now we're at the funeral home again, right? And now Jody's there, and the flying ball is back. Flying ball's there. Jody and Mike are separated, but the flying ball is flying around, and it is ready for blood. Yeah, and it moves fast. Like It moves fucking, fucking fast, coming at man. you. So Mikey uh, finds his father's coffin and finds out that 
his body's not there. Yeah, right. They're in the like the mausoleum. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Okay, so the so. mausoleum. Yeah, so they would be in like a drawer kind of thing, I think. Right. So he finds his his dad in a drawer and he's not there. Yeah, just empty. Empty drawer. But then the the flying ball comes back and Jody is about to it's about to kill Mike. Jody shoots it, explodes. So now the flying ball's gone. Don't need mm-hmm. to worry about that. And they're back together. But here's a big thing that happens. Jody shows up. I'm sorry. Reggie shows up. Yeah. Reggie. Reggie is back. Yep. We don't know how. Survived the wreck. How the fuck did he do it? How did he get out with the ghoul? But we don't know. That's okay. Because Reggie's, yeah. Reggie's kind of a badass. And that, But I did think Reggie gets, was acting a little. Gets more and more badass as the movies go on, too. Uh, he said he helped the women escape, too. So the hot blondes are safe as well. Yeah. Oh, and one of the rare things that gets explained. That's right. So then they enter this white room. And this white room is full of, like, these weird black kegs. Just white marble. White marble. ceiling totally white there's these weird black kegs and there's big like uh like kind of plastic barrels like you would see uh right you know in a warehouse or something right and they're they're apparently if there's like a little window you can look in and they're filled with those little jawas yeah and uh there's like these chrome cylinders in there and uh michael goes over to the cylinders and he he hears the grandma in his head say don't fear and then he uh, puts his hands on the cylinders and he's sucked into this hell, this red hell, this other yeah, dimension. Right. Reggie and Joey pull, Jody pull him out. Yeah. He's like, dang, he's like hanging. Yeah. Like, you know, one hand in the world that they're in and another hand in this other like weird red desert hellscape. Right. And in the desert hellscape, there's all these little Ewoks running around yeah. or walking around, but they look like, uh, like they're, they're, uh, being controlled like they're they're slaves yeah they're like marching in a line or doing something right so when they pull my little mikey out he's like the the fucking uh the slaves they're slaves that's what these that's what they're they're being used for then the power goes out right then there's a big attack there's a total blackout total blackout and then a bunch of you don't you can't see anything anything happening it's just a black screen. Right. And then you just hear all these different little uh, Jawas making yeah, noise. You hear them attacking. Attacking. And then Mike's missing. Mike, Mike is gone. Joey's go- Jody's gone. Reggie's left in the room alone. And we're worried for Reggie once again. Then that we have a flashback through Jody's eyes to the tuning fork. Metal cylinders in this room are like basically like tuning forks. And like you hit them and then they you know, just ring out this note. That's right. Reggie goes to touch the cylinders. He's sucked into the Ewok world. But he's able to to crawl his army crawl his way out of the room. He gets out, closes the door, and then we cut to Jody yeah, getting sucked in like a vacuum, like right? a vacuum. Like all of a sudden, right. the room and like all the barrels start like flying yes. toward like this where these cylinders are is the entrance, right? And they're all getting sucked into this place. But Reggie escapes, and then we're back with Jody and Mike who are looking for each other outside. It's crazy windy, and then there's that blonde killer lady with the tits, right? Yeah. And she's just laying on the lawn. And so Jody and Mike kind of like embrace and, and, and then Reggie approaches the, the lady and um, the lady stabs Reggie. Right. Yeah. She's her and so, whole thing is she lures dudes into the cemetery and stabs them. Uh, Reggie is dead. Then the blonde turns into the creepy guy. Right. Suddenly. Yeah. She turns into the tall man. That's right. The tall man. So this blonde girl is the tall man. Right. Which is unfortunate for anyone who had sex uh, with her. Yep. Then they drive away. Mikey and and, and Jody uh, drive away, and the uh, funeral home disappears into the ether. And so then Jody and Mikey plan. They, uh, Mike Jody has this idea of like we're going to throw the tall guy into this mine shaft, right? So what I'm going to do? Yeah, there's an old abandoned mine shaft right nearby. Right, right nearby, perfectly. It's open, you know, and it's nothing's in there. So I'm going to go there. I'm going to leave you here. Right, which Jody should have learned by now. Don't yeah. leave your brother no. alone. But he takes off, living, leaving a little guy at home. And immediately, Mikey is attacked. Yeah. Uh, so Mikey runs. By the tall man or by the... It's by the tall man. Okay, yeah. So the tall man's back and he's attacking Mikey. Mikey runs and the tall guy says, you play a good game, but the game is finished. Now you die. And Mikey is running Great through... <laughs> It's a great line. Mikey has his knife. He's running through the cemetery. He keeps hearing don't fear in his head. And um, he happens to just run past the mine shaft. He vaults it, right? He vaults the mine shaft. And then the tall guy just falls right into the mine, yep. mine shaft. And then boulders just immediately fall on top of the mine shaft. Yeah. He looks up. He sees his brother. Yeah. It was, it was the plan, I think, the whole time. Yeah, in kind a weird of. way, but they had it wasn't planned. Yeah. It was. They didn't talk about it at all, but like just, no planning at all. just fucking works out. It just works out perfectly. Tremendous sense of relief when this happens. Right. So then we cut back 
to something di- different. Mm-hmm. Reggie is back, Joe. Yes. Reggie's back. Yep. So it's it's Reggie and Mikey sitting by a fire. And essentially, Michael's telling a story to Reggie. And Reggie's just like, yeah, you just had a bad dream. Yep. It was you just, just had a dream. nightmare. It's okay. And Mikey says, I know those rocks won't hold. They took Jody. And uh, Reggie says, no, no, Jody died in a car wreck. And he's like, uh, I know you're scared, but but you're not alone. I can take care of you, you know? Yeah. So Jody apparently has died in a car crash. And Mike has been living with Reggie now, who's been taking care of him. Right. And so... And so this whole thing that happened was, I guess, just a nightmare. Yeah, exactly what you said. Right. And so Mikey is is really sad, but but Je- Reggie has this idea of, you know what, let's get out of town. And so he goes upstairs. Yeah, he to, says, like, you know, let's take a trip, a road trip, you and me. Go grab He says, go, go get your, your gear. Like, go grab your stuff. So, so Mikey goes upstairs to go grab his stuff. We catch a little glimpse of Reggie jamming out on the guitar a little more. Yeah. Which is great. We needed that. So Mike goes back up. Um and he looks a pic- at a picture of his brother on the mirror, his picture of, of Jody. Real sad. Real sad, uh, touching moment. But then uh, he sees in the mirror behind him is the tall man. He's back. Yeah. He turns around, sees the tall man, leans back into the mirror. The mirror breaks. Yep. And Mikey is pulled into the mirror. Yeah. So he says, uh, boy. Oh, yeah, that's right. He says, boy, which he's yeah. saying throughout the movie. So yeah, that's all he says to, to to Mike the whole time is just boy. boy. So that's it. Then it, that's the end of the film. That is it. We made it through the plot. I mean, that one it's a convoluted one, so it's, it's hard convoluted. to talk about if you understand what the fuck happened. Right. And you probably don't. You're gonna have to watch it. Right. But we did our best. Yeah. So, goddamn. I mean, I you know, I this is a good this was a good learning experience. You know, because mm-hmm. it, it it is a little tricky to go through the entire plot of a movie. And keep it interesting. Most of them are, are a lot simpler than this one. Right. This is about as convoluted of a plot as you get with most horror movies. Right. So I think, yeah, I think what, what I'll do next time is probably just watch the movie, take some basic notes, and then maybe write like a little synopsis. We'll try to summarize it. We'll try to bit. summarize <laughs> But I think overall, I think it, was, it wasn't it was bad, you know? Yeah. Right? So you, you would you say you enjoyed the experience? I enjoyed the experience. Yeah. I mean, I think it was, you know, this was, a, this was the first one. Yeah. And... I wanted to, you know, uh, so a little bit of backstory, how this podcast came to be is Nick and I had talked about doing a podcast together, a movie related podcast, right. you know, things happened, never really followed through on the idea. Right. And then Nick all of a sudden was interested in horror movies. Right. And he posted on Instagram, Hey, I watched a couple of horror movies. I enjoyed them. I want to see more. And uh-huh. of course I was like, well, you know, I have like a thousand that I can recommend. So. Yeah. Yeah. What did we, what did, so you had watched what? What were the movies? So the watched? movies that you originally uh, suggested to me were um, the original Evil Dead, which I haven't watched, um, Jacob's Ladder. Yep. Um, Ma- Mace? Man- Mandy. Mandy, Mandy which was Cage. fun. Yeah, which is a fun movie. Uh, Let the Right One In. Let the Right One In. Loved that movie. That one's a, that's a masterpiece. Yeah, it's fucking great. Well, you know, that was, uh, that was what gave us the idea to do this podcast. I did have some other questions for you. So like, let me, uh, yeah, go ahead. Are Why you wanting to wrap this up? No, I mean, let's okay. just ask the questions. So, okay. Thank you. I think we got past my first question. Right. Um, and you kind of answered my second question because I was wondering, you know, if you did or didn't like it, like what, what aspects of the movie did you like? Like, what did you think it did? Well, uh, I mean, I thought the, like I said, the practical effects I thought were done well. I thought yeah. they were fun. You it's know? got like, they, they were pretty like, you know, DIY. Like those were just like Christmas ornaments, those right. silver balls. Mm-hmm. And they just like, you know, put them on like fishing line and like, it's great. They, they become a bigger thing in the sequels too. That's great. And um, I, so I think to understand these films, you really got to go through the whole series, but I liked uh, I liked the practical effects, and I did like that it was not boring. Right, that's a yeah. big thing, right? You can watch a movie where you're like, "This is terrible," but that movie, like you said, low budget film, right? Mm-hmm. Actors worked on the weekends, which is all cool. I think the backstory yeah. with all that stuff makes it way cooler. Yeah, a lot. Most of them, this was like their first movie. Some of them, I don't even think were necessarily professional actors. Like, yeah, so that was really cool. And I, I mean, just to make a feature film that isn't boring is huge. So yeah. I wasn't bored at all. I think the only thing, and I liked it. I think like looking back on it, I'm like, yeah, I mean, the acting it's a is fun kind of ride. It's a fun ride. And it's, it, it has great set pieces, right? Stuff that you, you don't forget. Yeah. Uh, and it's pretty like, uh, there's no really movie like it. 
You know, yeah. it's kind of like its own thing. Yeah, I've never seen anything like it. What what put you off about it? What 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 about it was like, you know, this could have been done better. Well, the acting. Yeah, the acting it could have had some good actors in it. Some of the performances are a bit amateurish. Yeah, they're a bit amateurish, and the uh, and the dialogue. I mean, as fun as the dialogue is, there's sometimes where I'm just like, what? I mean, yeah. it's just like every line of dialogue is just like, what did they? It's super seventy. This is like how you know, talk. it's like. It was, I think they were trying to write it in like cool seventies slang, you right? Know? Yeah, um, but like these were all like I think. Maybe this might have been Don Coscarelli's second movie, possibly. I think he made like a kid's movie called Kenny and Company before this, okay. which I think is like a little rascals kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. Hard pivot. Um, and then he mostly did horror movies. He also directed The Beastmaster, which came out, you know, a few years later in the early 80s, mm. which was like the PG version of Conan the Barbarian. Okay. Uh, they played the shit out of it on like TNT or TBS like yeah. during the day for years throughout the whole 90s. Yeah. Um, then a bunch of phantasm sequels. He did John dies at the end, which is one of my favorite movies. We'll definitely have to get to that one. Yeah, totally. Uh, which is based on a book that was in the, the writer of the book was heavily inspired by the movie phantasm. Damn. Uh, yeah, that's badass. Yeah. And so like, you know, he watched phantasm as a kid grew up and wrote John dies at the end and two sequels and then a couple other books. That's great. Uh, and then Don Coscarelli made the John dies at the end movie. That's so cool. What a dream for that guy. You know, yeah. the author. I read about that. It was really cool. Speaking of dreams, actually, uh, I read recently that the idea for Phantasm came to Don Coscarelli in a dream. I think that makes a lot of sense because the whole movie, it's like it's one of those very dreamlike dreams movies. Dreams are a theme. Yeah. Yeah. They're a dream. There's multiple dream. Like, you know, you don't know if you're in a dream or if you're in a reality or if, you know, you're in another dimension. Right. Oh, uh, the music. What did you think of the music? Like the score and stuff? I think I liked the music. That, uh, yeah, it's pretty like iconic score for like a, one that's really not well known to yeah. people who aren't horror fans. It's definitely old style. Yeah. But I, I did like it. It felt it felt uh, relevant. You know? Yeah. The uh, the Swedish death metal band Entombed. Uh, actually used it like kind of like interpolated it with the first track on their uh, iconic like 1989 I think album Left Hand Path which is uh that's awesome yeah yeah there's a whole you don't know Swedish death metal nothing tuned is awesome yeah I mean I I wonder if after this I'll end up getting into some fucking death metal they're referencing all these old uh, horror flicks yeah, you know, it's uh, some pretty good crossover. There's a, there's a whole subgenre of heavy metal horror movies yeah. that we can get into. Mostly more on the hair metal side, though, honestly. Sure. Like, right, right. Only recently have there been some extreme metal-related uh, movies. Uh, so, yeah, let's wrap this up. Mm-hmm. This is the Untitled Horror Podcast with, with uh, Joe and Nick. Yeah, we're going to think of a title. Yeah, we'll think of a title. Uh, maybe we'll edit that in. Yeah, maybe um, we'll edit it in. I might also add a, add a thing up top to just be like, hey, we go through the whole plot of this movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and this is our first episode. Our People, first episode. Will help, if they've listened to podcasts, they'll understand yeah, that they yeah. get better. And if they like horror, maybe they'll stick around. Yeah, I know? think so. Hopefully, yeah. you know, I had enough enough like tidbits of information about this movie to keep it interesting. I think so. I think it made it more interesting for me. So, all right. Well, that's it, guys. Um, yeah, hope you guys keep listening, man. Yeah, thank you so much for listening to this. This, you know, it means a lot to us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We hope if you haven't seen Phantasm that you check it out. By the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's the next movie? The next movie. I have I have options for you. Okay. We can either do From Beyond or A Nightmare on Elm Street. Let's do uh, Nightmare. Oh, no, no, no. Let's do From Beyond. From Beyond? Yeah. All right. Another 80s classic. Oh, it's an 80s classic. Phantasm Great. 70s. Fantastic. All right. We'll look forward Fantasm to that because that's another. This is another one of those movies. So Sweet. Love it. All right. Uh, thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs> 